Oh, that's the stuff. Oh, a little Annie Linux. Why do you think I picked this? Because you needed to relax and decompress after watching these two episodes back to back. Yeah. Let's clarify. Uh, just <laughs> we're recording this the day after we recorded the episode. It's the previous episode, so we watched these shows, these two episodes back to back. We watched that episode yesterday. What I don't even remember what it's called. Like it's literally already mentally blocked out of my mind. That yeah. episode was so bad. Last episode was Downfall of a Droid. This one is Duel of the Droids. Yes, so we watched Downfall of a Droid and recorded yesterday, and today we watched Duel of the Droids and recording this. So, back-to-back days on the records here. And what a way to finish off the worst year in the history of mankind. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is... It is December 30th. This episode will release next week, but we are recording on December 30th, 2020. The last episode record of 2020. This is a great song. I'm glad you picked this This is a really great song. It's beautiful. <laughs> I always forget but about it, this when I listen to Annie Lennox. So. Yeah. This is my favorite Annie Lennox song. You pick this over Walking on Broken Glass? I do. Uh, That's my second favorite. Right. But I, I just like it for this because it's why... Like, why are we doing this to ourselves? Because it, we have hit a low point. We, we thought we were hitting a high point with rookies. And now these last two have just... It's been like getting hit over the head with a baseball bat repeatedly. It was rough following up rookies. I really like rookies as an episode. Yes. Um, I don't know what, uh, you know, a little catch-up between friends here. Phone call between friends. I mean, we just had our phone call yesterday. Are we caught up? Has anything new transpired in the last 24 hours? Oh, not much. Just waiting for the uh, new year. Uh, I finished my Nietzsche book. Oh, nice. So does that put you at 70? Or are you still sitting at 69 books this No, year? that was the 69th book for the year. So that's what we're going to finish off the year on books. 69. Very nice. Very nice. This is it very nice. Um, <laughs> where's my damn Borat sound when you need it? I should have thought of that ahead of time. Oh, well, too late. Very nice. Whatever. Um, yeah, so I call him Nietzsche. I believe the pronunciation is Nietzsche. But I like Nietzsche. Yeah, I think that's universally what everybody calls him. What, Nietzsche or Nietzsche? Nietzsche. Who's okay. familiar with the guy? Mm. I think when I've, well, I'm going when Nietzsche. I've heard it brought up in pop culture or whatever, it's always Nietzsche. Okay. I mean, if somebody, if a real listener wants to yell at us, they can email us at clonecastpod at gmail.com and tell us how to pronounce it. Um, but I'm going with Nietzsche. So, sorry, folks, if Who? that bothers you. Do you, on the top of your head, know the, uh... So, we got Annie Lennox. What's the oh, name yeah. of the dude with the glasses in the Eurythmics? Okay. Uh, that's a good question. I said I don't off the know. top of your head, dude. If you don't know, we don't need to bother looking it up. I don't know. I, do, I doubt anyone gives a shit. But. Dave Stewart! <laughs> Dave Stewart. Dave Stewart, okay. Yeah. Um... Used to have a lovely set of hair, not so much anymore, right? <laughs> I think that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think that's but this is actually an Annie Lennox song. This is not a Eurythmic song. Right. Yeah. But Dave Stewart didn't get in on this action. Bummer for him. Is Walking on Broken Glass an Annie song or is that a uh, Eurythmic song? I think that's an Annie Lennox. That's Annie Lennox, right? Yep. She does better on her own. Dave Stewart <laughs> just bringing her down. This is now the official We Hate Dave Stewart podcast. Wasted Annie Lennox's years. Uh, her prime years. He wasted them. Dragging her down. Imagine all the hits she would have done without that guy dragging her down. Oh, sorry, Dave Stewart. If you want to come on the podcast, Dave Stewart, you're, you're more than welcome to. Get the voice of an angel. Let Annie Lennox 
this is a really great song. There's a lot of, you know, this episode just left me, why? Why? I was starting to feel positive about the show, too. It, it so this a huge step up from the last episode. Well, yeah, but that's not saying much. No, I There's know. only one way to, I mean, rethinking that episode, I gave it, what, a two? <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> I should have given it a zero. And this one, you know, okay. Should we just get into it? Should we get into it? I mean, yeah, we got a ton of catch up today. All right, here we go. Sorry, I just I needed that really quick. That's like my that's like my purifying sound that just gets me in a good mood for this episode because I am in a bad mood right now. That just bad gives you a charge, mood. doesn't it? Yeah, it just just let it, listen to that when it hits. Now it's that's beautiful. I forget whose theme is that now. Uh, that's from the Three Musketeers movie. <laughs> no, I know, but who are we using that as a theme for? I don't know yet. It's just become a thing. Maybe it's, it could be our theme as friends as we embark hey, on this go. journey together. Now it's all I mean, it is a labor of love these last few episodes. So I'm not against that idea. So we got this week, uh, we got Duel the Droids. Uh, this is season one, episode seven. Uh, we're continuing the R2 has been abducted arc. <laughs> Thankfully, it's only a two episode arc. This is it. Um, I'm going to jump right into it here. We're, we start on Ganok's ship. I do think if these two episodes were put together, they would have made one solid three quarters of an episode. Like they, yeah. could, they could, no. have, they could have. The last episode, you could have taken. A, you could have. You know, and I was thinking the last episode, they could have just done like R two D two has gone missing. You know, when the when the announcer guy is going, they should have been like R two D two has gone missing in a battle. Uh, Anakin Skywalker goes to retrieve him or something. And they could have started there. Yeah, you know, they, they could have just them. cut out so much crap. If they smushed them together, this would have made a solid app. I want to say solid. Uh, Let's not go there. Well, no. there's a lot more. Th- it would have been like a lot more happens in this episode. But this is not rookies still. I mean, this is not oh, our high point not. still. Um, this is not ambush. Ambush wailed. This is, I, you know, it's just it has the stink of the previous episode all over. <laughs> and I can't get past it. And so I'm sorry. You know, I just They're can't get past digging it. out of that hole. Yeah, it can't. It's not good enough to dig itself out of the hole of the previous episode. Uh, but yeah, I will admit it is better. We'll get to our ratings at the end of the episode. But um, we start off in Ganok ship. Ganok, that we now have a name for uh, Simp Croc, uh, Killer Croc, Simp Killer Croc. Yeah, um, his name is Ganok. Yeah, Gr- Grievous names him. Yeah. We didn't get a name in the first episode. I mean, you looked it up for us, but we didn't get a name. I think I, um, I kind of came close. Ganocked. Yeah, but you looked Ganocked. it up. Yeah, I mean, you were right. Yeah, but you yeah, looked yeah, it up yeah. for us. And I'm saying, Mike, we didn't. We didn't. Know, we didn't, we didn't have a name for him. He was just this guy that farted on people. You know, <laughs> yeah, typically my pronunciation sucks, so I was actually kind of proud of this one. Good work. Good work. You were you were on point. So we have Ganocked. I am still going to refer to him as Sim Killer Croc. Um, if anybody's got a problem also, with that, sorry. I don't know. I don't know if you looked it up, but this is maybe one of the, one of the most underused. Uh, examples of voice talent, but do you know who voices Ganocked? Oh, 
Cheech Marin. <laughs> no, it would have been a lot better if it was Cheech Marin. <laughs> no, it's so out of left field. Ron Perlman. What? <laughs> yeah. Shut up. I am dead serious. Jesus. Hellboy? Yes. Hellboy himself. Oh, man. That's crazy. I had no idea. Completely underutilized for this character. Okay, so they drop money for Ron Perlman for this little role here, but they can't get goddamn Jimmy Smith. <laughs> I know. Okay, whatever. Um, so he's entering orbit with uh, in the area where Grievous is at. He hollows in with Grievous. Grievous is at the, um, the outpost that they're looking for. Um, he hollows in with Grievous, um, just says, hey, I'm here. Let me in. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, he, the, the end of the conversation is kind of funny. He just goes, oh, by the way, I prefer to be paid in cash. And Grievous just groans. <laughs> and, and the groan you get is like, this guy's obviously not going to pay you, man. Like, <laughs> How gullible are you, you idiot? This guy has no intention of compensating you for your troubles. There's no honor amongst thieves. Yeah. Um, whatever. Ganocked, idiot, moron, whatever. Grievous, idiot, moron. They're both idiots. They're made for each other. Um, we then get a quick uh, shot of the Twilight. Uh, looks like Rex is with Anakin and Ahsoka still. They're out there um, searching for the enemy outpost, outpost now because that's the orders they were given at the end of the last episode by Obi-Wan. Um, they're unable to find a sign of anything. Uh, and then we quick get back to Ganox ships again. And then the house music kicks in. We have the weird music <laughs> yeah. again. <laughs> yep. But this week... They combined it with orchestration. So it's like you get the traditional Star Wars music mixed in with the house music. But, and I it's feel, very strange. I feel like they gave up on the house music. Like, but they had just like, they had some recordings through. laying over that they just wanted to use it up is, or something. It's like, it's like Ganoct. It, it's like his theme almost. Yes. Like, this character, he, who you'll find out is a very short-lived <laughs> character, gets his own fucking style of music. Once that dude kicks it, like so does the house music, and then it's just a typical like orchestrated score. <laughs> I just don't understand the vibe with Gnacht that this music. It, it just doesn't mesh with what I would assume this music would be. Like I'm looking for some like dumpy ass like shit, you know. Just I, it, it's weird. It's weird. It's not good. The music is bad. Um, so, anyways, we get back on our R two's. Okay, before we, before we move on, just before we before we seal the envelope on all of the house music talk. Do you know what I realized? It reminded me of today. Like it was a combination of James Bond spy shit with house music. So, okay, I'm glad you mentioned that. So. <laughs> But a very specific James Bond. It reminded me of Goldeneye because it's the one James Bond movie that, like, in the score, like, branches out into this weird kind of like, like, dude. I, I don't honestly know how to like when I'm it. thinking back to playing. But yeah, but the video game too, Goldeneye and N64. This reminds me. This music reminds me of like running around in the fucking yes, ruins and it, shit. It's a God, very, like, echoey kind of like techno-y sound. That is specific to Goldeneye. And then, but it's a bad version of it. And then especially last week. Last week reminded me of there are a couple of like very weird sequences when you're playing through Metal Gear Solid. Like the first couple of them where it gets like super techno-y and like it's like a weird kind of bridge between the two of those. Maybe whoever wrote this episode was just like a big Goldeneye stand or something. <laughs> It's possible, but, you know, we got five minutes into the episode and then we didn't have to deal with it anymore. 
I don't know. Um, I do have a few more remarks that just as the fucking music later on in the episode. <laughs> we'll get to it. Um, anyways, so uh, on Ganok's ship, we get the weird music and we quick get a shot of R2. He's sending out a distress signal. Um, and he apparently must have got his restraining bolt off. I didn't notice, but he must have got his restraining bolt off again. And he's sending out a distress signal on Ganok's ship. Um, and then back on the twilight, we see R3 accidentally messing with the signal. Um, but they do get the signal in time and figure out where the R2 distress signal is coming for. Um, then uh, we get Anakin. He's uh, the twilight. They lock it. Like I said, they lock on the coordinates. Anakin decides to disobey orders again um, because he says, oh, that's R2's distress signal. We're going after him. Set coordinates there. And Ahsoka's like, hey, we're supposed to be blah, 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 doing this. We're supposed to be looking for this uh, outpost. And Anakin's like, well, what if what if R2 is at the outpost? And he doesn't know that, okay? Mind you, R2 is at the outpost with Ganok's ship. But Anakin doesn't know that at all. He has no idea. Yeah, so it, he's just saying, fuck it, I'm going after this droid. It, you know? it, it harkens back to like some of the first advice we see him give Ahsoka, which is like, it's not... It's like it's not that you disobey orders. It's like how you disobey orders, and he's really playing with that theme here. Yeah, but I mean, it's not even that. It, I couldn't even credit it as that because he doesn't know he's there. He's making a guess, like, oh, I bet I'm guessing that he's there, and I don't even think he's making an educated guess. You don't really know. <laughs> you know, you don't really you don't know if he's making an educated guess there. Um, but it's just, yeah, I mean, clearly he just, the dude doesn't give a shit at all. He just does his own thing. Well, and, you, uh, miss, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So maybe he's yeah. just swinging hard at this one. Well, it paid off as it is one to do for him. <laughs> um, uh, Anakin uh, hollows into Obi-Wan, says they found the base. Obi-Wan offers to send cruisers to take it out. Uh, Anakin says, I believe R2 is on the base. Obi-Wan tells Anakin to sneak onto the base and destroy it before they hack into R2's memory banks. Uh, because as we all know, he did not wipe R2's memory banks. So they're about to get like all the Republic classified information in R2. Um, so Obi-Wan's probably not going to get there with the destroyers in time. So he tells Anakin, lead a crew on their blow up base, take it out before they get any information out of him. Um, Anakin then says, well, I could sneak on and rescue R2. Obi-Wan says, no, this is not a rescue mission. And then he cuts off the hollow. Obi-Wan is like fed up with Anakin's shit. <laughs> Obi-Wan right? at this point is like, God damn it. Anakin, just Seriously. for once, just do this. Blow the thing up. And, like, and I don't blame him. And Ahsoka, <laughs> Ahsoka's with Obi-Wan too, because they, they show her like looking at Anakin, like, are you kidding me? Like, we're just going to keep disobeying orders like this. Um, so anyways, Rex, Ahsoka, Anakin, Goldie, that's our R3 unit, uh, the one that sucks, and four other clones uh, skydive onto the Separatist outpost. It's it's like an outpost in the sky of this planet. So it's on a planet, it's not in space, um, but it's in the air. So they skydive onto it. Um, so out of the Twilight Cargo Bay, they jump. Um, as they're falling down towards it, we get some really annoying droid cringe. I'm not even going to go into it, but basically the droids are really stupid and not looking out the window. I will, think uh, as I they... will uh, credit where it's due. Like, I thought the whole skydive sequence was actually quite good. Like, the way that they jumped in, like, the camera work, focusing on them, like, wrapping around, and then looking at the, like, the battle sphere or whatever the fuck that 
secretaryship is called. Like, credit where it's due. Like, we haven't had, like, an action shot like that yet in, like, the episodes that we've been watching. So, like, that just stood out to me. Okay. Um, yeah, I can give you that. You're I not giving the... this episode any credit. Are, I'm, are I'm, just, I'm just, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to be swimming upstream on, on this one. It, the skydiving was fine. There. Um <laughs> Uh, so they land on the outpost and Anakin cuts in, um, using his lightsaber. Uh, and we do get house music here. We get house music. We get house spy music here. I wrote down the fucking music. Um, once they're in the outpost, R3 brings up a map of the outpost. Um, and then Anakin says, Hey, we're going to split up. I'm going to go off and do my thing. Uh, clones and Ahsoka, Rex, Ahsoka and the other clones, you're going to go for the reactor and you're going to blow this place up. Um, but Anakin's going off on his own. He's going to go out and look for R2. Um, so R3, the clones, and Ahsoka are going one way. Anakin is going off on his own. Uh, we then get a scene of uh, Ganacht hacking into R2. So Simp Croc, Killer Croc. All right, I'm just going to call him Ganacht. Fat Boss. Yeah, Fat Bosk. Um, fart Man. Um, <laughs> fart Man's an actual thing. Look it up. Howard Stern. Um but yeah, Ganak hacks into R2 and he's like, oh, holy shit. This has like all the Republic plans in here. Um, and at this point, he calls Grievous over. Grievous walks over there and what's up? Uh, Ganak says, hey, this is like a gold mine. And he immediately demands more money again. Um, also, Grievous, I thought, I thought credit words do like animating, showing the holographics of the multiple like ships, the multiple walkers, like some of the like schematics that were stored inside of R2. Like all that was pretty good. You can get the sense that he has a lot of shit in stored inside of him, so they wouldn't want that stuff getting out. Yeah, and we've clarified that this is Anakin's fault. Anakin is supposed to be like wiping this shit from the droid. I, I got to assume you can wipe that stuff out and the droid can keep his memory of you know, just his friendships or whatever you want to call him. That's why he's not wiping the Wiping his hard drive. I think if if you wipe all that stuff away, all of his like friendship memories go away too. Well, I guess if we're using the Babu Frick metric as an example, then yes. Well, uh, <laughs> and, and so like obviously, I love R two. I don't want his memories to go away. But no, I don't either. But this is one hundred percent proving Obi Wan's point when he's saying attachments are dangerous. Don't get attached. Don't get attached to anything. Like this is example number one. Like yeah, perfect example of how that can fuck up your plans. Yeah, especially when you're in the middle of a war. I mean, this isn't like a personal relationship that we're talking about where you got to drive across. And they're in the middle of they're in the middle of a war here, and people will be lost in this war. And Anakin. He gets away with it all the time, but he's a real hindrance to the see, Republic cause. You can see why he has trouble giving stuff up. I mean, from from day one that we met him, he's lost every single person that's important to him, so he doesn't want to lose anyone else. Yeah, I understand I that. I don't know. I and think it, the episode's kind of growing on me. I think it's got some deeper themes to it, and I kind of, I don't know. I think it kind of get, gets to the, the root of Star Wars. I kind of dig this one. Yes, Anakin has attachment issues. <laughs> he does. He has attachment issues in every single episode. For the most part, it comes up. I mean, how many times has it come up so far in the series? It's, it has to be at least five times. And we're only, this is our 
going to be our 12th episode that we've watched, including the movie. And I, I swear, at least five episodes have just been him because of his attachment issues, like getting into shit. Yeah, I don't know. They're pretty subtle about it, though. So I don't I don't. He isn't subtle about it. <laughs> He's a whiny baby. Let me do this. Anyways. <laughs> um, so they go off on their own. Uh, Anakin goes off on his own. The clones and Ahsoka go to the reactor. Uh, R3 hangs back for a second as they leave. And you see him hollow in. And who is he hollowing in with? General Grievous. He's the spy. R3, the droid that can't do anything right, is the spy. Shocking. Um, <laughs> the droid that's acted like Don Knotts from the second that we've met. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And this brings up a question for me. Like, granted, they are on the Twilight out searching, but why the fuck is this droid still with them? Like, he's clearly malfunctioning. Why would you bring him into this type of well, mission? They cover that in the beginning. They said that they. Yeah, but why is he with them on the Twilight? They why said they need him to open up the blast doors when they arrive they... at the at the Separatist ship? Okay, but at the end of the last episode, where did they end? What ship were they on at the end of the last episode? I don't I don't remember. Were they back on a Republic cruiser? It was either that or in the Twilight. They were. No, I think they were back on a Republic cruiser in the last episode. If they were, you think they would say, hey, R3's having some issues. Maybe we should bring a different droid with us. You know? Yeah, but Ahsoka wanted Anakin and R3 to bond. So this is Whatever, another they're... perfect example. This is the fact that this droid is still with them. They're perfect fucking opportunity. Idiots. I think they're fucking idiots. Um, <laughs> this Troy has done nothing right. Nothing. Um, anyway, so he is the spy. Uh, then Ahsoka starts calling for him and he catches up with her. Um, so he's, you know, <laughs> they're like doomed constantly because they got Goldie with him. <laughs> fucking with shit. Uh, we then get to a scene where Grievous is uh, leaving his elite guard droids Um I don't know if they have a specific name, but they're the ones with the two pronged, not lightsabers, but like electric, uh, yeah, they're, um, electric spears of some kind. Magna guards, I think. Magna guards. Okay. So he leaves four of them, these elite guard, magna guard droids to guard R2 while he says, I'm going to go and deal with the Jedi myself. It's like, yeah, okay. You for fucking anyone, nerd. For anyone unfamiliar, they're the ones that are in the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. That's where yeah. everybody knows. And they're also the ones that, uh, when Obi-Wan engages Grievous, he sends them after him first and he just... Force pulls that giant, like, I don't know, like, vent system down on him. And cuts the <laughs> yeah. off. Um, but yeah, Grievous, I will deal with the Jedi myself. It's like, no, you won't, dude. You suck. You do nothing right. You you have you have an insane amount of confidence. He's like, he's like a mediocre white man that thinks they should be the CEO <laughs> of a Fortune 500 company. Isn't he? He just sucks. But anyways, so he leaves them to guard R2. It's a really sad scene, really, because R2 is, like, torn apart, well, and he's, like, you missed, beeping. You missed the biggest part of this, too. <laughs> Our friend got knocked. I have it written down. I was getting to that next. Simp Killer Crocs Corp. <laughs> it's still just laying there. They didn't even, even clean up the, the mess. Part. We haven't even got to the part where he slays him yet. <laughs> yeah, he cut me off, and then I just kept going. Oh, yeah. So, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I missed that earlier because I, I think I was going to say it and then you said something and then I forgot to get to it. But yeah, so when he demanded more money, Ganok just kicks, like Grievous immediately kills him. He just puts a lightsaber right through his chest. And that's the end of Ganok. The guy that they created a score for but is just dead. The other the other part about it too is like, uh, oh, uh, 
He seems to be the only one that knows how to like actually break into a drone. That's, that's hard too. And the second he's like, hey, why don't you throw me a few more shekels to do this? Griefs just instantly takes him out. <laughs> just kills like, him. Hey, why not just throw him a couple extra bucks? Yeah. <laughs> keep, him up, keep him in our good graces. All right. Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because I, <laughs> I, I was going to say it and I forgot to say it. But yeah, he as soon as he asked for more money, he was immediately killed by Grievous. <laughs> just no hesitation. Just put a <laughs> just put a lightsaber right through the middle of his chest. Um, and then he just, but the funny thing is, like, R2's all torn apart here. He's being guarded by these uh, magna droids or whatever. It, it's really sad because he's kind of, like, beeping really weakly. And, you know, you kind of have an emotional connection with R2, so it's sad. But we then got him for a they, long time. It's very sad. Yeah, it is sad. I don't like seeing him like I that. Was watching, so I was watching this with Bree in, like, I think it was like what the first scene when uh, Fat Bosk catches R2 trying to like saw through the wall and like he just shocks him, like tases him really quick. Like Brie had a visceral reaction just because she's like so used to R2 and it was like, oh my god, no. So yeah, it's a droid that we've had an attachment to. Yeah. It's hard seeing him broken up into pieces. And as we learn more about droids, um, it just makes it even worse. The more you learn about the droids, this kind of stuff, it just, it just becomes worse. I mean, they're clearly, they're clearly like living beings. Like they should be treated with a certain amount of respect. Um, to make it clear, but anyways, to, to make it clear, you did read a Star Wars philosophy book. So some of those themes might be coming through too. Yeah, I think we'll get into that a lot more going forward because we have, you know, before I read this book, we were already beginning to wrestle with it. Uh, we were kind of having problems with how the droids are treated. Um, they're clearly, you know, they they understand the finality of death. And when you understand that, it's a whole new ball game, folks, when well, it comes to how you treat things. We'll put a pin in this conversation, too, but... Like, we don't have enough time in this episode, but... I don't think we want to spend that much time on this episode. Are, we'll save it for a different episode. There's a specific scene in Solo where... it It's like a main theme that happens in that movie. When there's like a droid rebellion, almost. Oh, yeah. And and Lando has to make that decision with um his droid. Uh, and uh, his droid has... He has that good relationship with that um, droid. I forget her name. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll have to realize I'm going to rewatch solo soon the and we'll get into that a little bit deeper in future episodes. What's that? The Fleabag droid. She's voiced yeah. by the, the, uh, what's her name from Fleabag? Phoebe Waller-Briggs. Okay. Um, yeah, let's watch solo and we'll get into that more. I think that would be a good thing to watch when we do eventually get into like a larger scale discussion oh, yeah. about the humanity or lack thereof of droids. Um, but yeah, anyways, so R2 torn apart here. Very sad. Being guarded by those um, elite guard droids. Um, but then we get an overhead shot as the scene cuts away. And I just see I just see Simp Killer Croc's corpse just laying there. <laughs> like, they, they don't care. That, that corpse, I don't, you know, do you think they would ever clean it up? How long do you think that thing would lay there? I have no clue. They got... They have to leave it to the uh, maintenance droids that come around every night. <laughs> just, just throw them in a gonk droid. <laughs> Fill the gonk droid up with like sodium chloride or whatever that shit is from Breaking Bad. <laughs> just <laughs> throw, throw Ganocht in there and just have the gonk droid walk around Ganocht in its gullet. <laughs> Rest in power, uh, Fat Boss. God damn, man! I can't believe that was Ron Perlman. 
Oh, okay. So we get to the clones. They've made it to the reactor room, the clones in Ahsoka. Um, but it is guarded by a ray shield in front of a blast door. Um, so what are they going to do? Well, they're going to get R3 to get that open, right? Um, Goldie, of course, he can't get the door open. I think it's more we've realized at this point, it's not that he can't get the door open. It's that he is on the separatist side of things. Um, and then a droid patrol catches up with them and engages the clones. Um, while the fight's going on, Goldie shuts another set of blast doors. (laughs) (laughs) So, so it was a ray shield in front of a blast door. Now we have a blast door in front of a ray shield in front of another blast door. (laughs) So he's clearly just fucking with them. Um, uh, they're being overrun by droids from like both sides of this hallway coming down and they throw something called the droid popper, which is like an EMP grenade. Um, and I did note here the fucking music. Once again, we have some house music again. <laughs> um, I actually, so I dig the droid popper. I don't like it quite as much as the Gungan, like anti-droid grenade or whatever that no. thing is. Yeah, that's cooler. Like that thing, um, once it hits them, is like a paintball that like short yeah. circuits them. <laughs> yeah, that thing's fucking awesome. <laughs> this, thing's yeah, this, one, this one's more like a thermal detonator that has a timed explosive on it and it just shoots out yeah, like electric a electric shot. Uh, it's like a shock. <laughs> it's like the droids uh, touched a, a metal screw after walking on carpet. That's the effect yeah. that happens. It's just a little electricity around them and then they collapse. And these are timed explosives. So the clones throw them like before they're even remotely ready to explode. Um, <laughs> and the, this one droid, this battle <laughs> droid, he literally picks. Okay. And mind you, okay, so they threw two of them. There was clone, there were droids coming from both sides. So there was battle droids, and then there were the, the, the upgraded battle droids, whatever the hell they're called, the big bulky ones. They get it first. Super, super, and they, super it rolls up to them, and these battle droids, what are they called? The super battle droids? Super battle droids, yeah. Yeah, so they're like trying to shoot it on the ground. They realize that it's like a grenade and it's not good. They're trying to shoot it, and it explodes and kills them. Then we go over to the regular battle droids, who obviously just saw what happened there. It, it, even if they hadn't, it's still horribly stupid what they do. This one droid just picks up the EMP grenade, the droid popper, and he like shakes it and then like puts it up to where his ear would be if he was a human. <laughs> like in the middle of a firefight, too. He's just playing with this ball I that's ticking. I completely forgot about that part. And as soon as it happened, I burst out laughing. <laughs> it's so dumb. It is so dumb. So anyways, it goes off, shocking, as he's holding it. It it kills all of them. So they've cleared out all the droids. Oh, and also, as the droids were approaching, one of the clones says, I could hotwire it, the yep. door. <laughs> and, I, and that, once again, why did you bring the malfunctioning R3 unit when you have, when you could just, when you can hotwire doors? This droid that has done nothing right. Well, nothing. In R3's defense, they think he's going to... Uh step up turn it around yeah it's not like a baseball player that's in a slump <laughs> he's, he's he's got the zips what's the thing that's got the yips the he's got yips. the yips and he keeps overthrowing first base <laughs> i mean r3 i mean if you have the yips usually the yips are when you you know you're kind of like overthrowing it's a really common thing for shortstops when they get the yips they overthrow the first baseman a lot right um, so it goes, you know, they sail throws over their heads are trying to put out a runner on first. 
R3, I couldn't even call this the yips. At this point, we have clarified that R3 doesn't have the yips. He's literally like turning away from where he's supposed to be throwing the ball, and he's like throwing it directly into the stands. He's in a slump. They're trying to give him another chance. It's insane. Stop <laughs> defending it. You know it's dumb. That that droid had no business being there with him. Like, he clearly was not well. It's like bringing somebody who's like clearly got a terminal illness on, you know, like they got like a week left to live and like, oh, Let's bring them onto like the Tower of Terror or something. It's just ridiculous. Um, anyway, so they take out them all. Uh, you know, Goldie never gets the door open, but they take out the uh, they take out all those droids, and then who shows up to greet them after the droids have been cleared out? But General Grievous. Um, he immediately engages Ahsoka and the clones. He he disarms Ahsoka pretty quick, kind of knocks her out, and then he jumps and smokes all the clones, kills most of them, uh, knocks the other ones out. Uh, he's about to kill Rex with his lightsaber, uh, but Ashoka jumps in and blocks him with her saber. Yeah, he almost takes out Rex. Yeah, that's a big Rex save there. Um, and I'll talk about this a little later, but Ahsoka, good Ahsoka episode from what we've seen before to where we are now. I, I gained a little respect for her this week. Yeah, this is, I, like, I made a notation of this too. I think this is the first episode in the viewing order that we've been viewing it that she's like shown signs of what she eventually becomes yeah like, she's very brash she's like we, we when we were talking about the skydiving scene i don't think we mentioned like she was the first one to jump out and she said like something stupid like follow me boys or something like that yeah it, it, then she kind of like raced anakin to the uh yeah but to the landing like, spot very much mar- very much marrying Anakin where she like wants to be the first one in it's trying to prove herself but she was doing some stuff in this that like kind of follows her character development like through the rest of the series yeah um no yeah I mean there's a noticeable change happening here where she's becoming a more and more bearable character and it was she took big leaps for me in this episode, but we'll talk about yes. that a little bit more. But I will say, I, so I will say I'm, I'm saying that in <laughs> strictly referencing her actions, her dialogue is still very much cringeworthy. Yeah. I mean, she's still doing, you know, stubby and snips and Eric calls her well, snips. She, and I think she called, she called Grievous grumpy at some point. I didn't hear that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but she was respectable in this episode. Um, anyway, so she saves Rex, blocks Grievous' saber as it's about to hit Rex, who's knocked on, out. Um, then all of a sudden, uh, Grievous starts dual-wielding sabers and just goes majorly on the offensive. Ahsoka's clearly just, uh, you know, defending herself, just trying to survive. Um, then they bail. Goldie and Ahsoka decide to bail after she's played defense for a little bit. Um, they go in and they hide in, like, a I don't know, it's a storage area. Um, Grievous quickly notifies the droids on the ship of another Jedi in the station, tells them to pursue. Um, and then he goes after Ahsoka at this point. Um, we cut to Anakin, who's still sneaking around the ship by himself. And, uh, he suddenly sees R2 with the elite guard droids. Um, he charges them, but he gets locked out behind a blast door. So he knows R2 is there now. And he knows he is in the custody of these elite guard droids. Um, Rex then comes to and talks to Ahsoka over the comm. And 
uh, asks if he wants them to, if he wants, if she wants them to abandon the mission, she says, no, keep going with the mission, go blow the shit out of the reactor, blah, blah, blah. Um, and there's only Rex and one other clone that survived Grievous's assault. Uh, so we had four total. Down to two. And down to two. Um, yeah, Grievous really wasted those clones. It wasn't even close. Well, and so especially, so that the hallway scene with the clones and Grievous and Grievous, I, I think we're getting to this part where Grievous and Ahsoka's showdown when in the like warehouse or wherever they end up. Um, like is the first time that I recognize like, oh, Grievous is actually like doing some stuff that shows that he's like an actual fighter. Like some of the stuff he was doing using his like claw feet and like, claw hands yeah. like, was actually like, okay, cool. Like this is what, this is why he could theoretically be feared by so many people. And they still play it up that he is feared. It's just when you, if you didn't know anything about the character and you just had, if you were just going off these episodes that you've seen so far, you'd be like, this guy's kind of a coward and he kind of sucks and he's not that smart. Yep. So, um, but we do see here a little bit of the badass side of Grievous that has, um, that is, you know, added to this reputation of his. Yeah. And um, he's, like, he's quick to draw a lightsaber and he's like trying to use it against. Yeah. Ahsoka as best as he can and and he's very aggressive like you can clearly tell that you know in this fight he is the major aggressor here Ahsoka knows she has no chance her only chance is to defend herself and escape um so uh, Ahsoka's other thing I'll, I'll credit where it's due uh I appreciated the fact that he used one lightsaber for a considerable considerable amount of time before like I think it was until the next like entire scene until drawing well, another one and use two instead of that. He, he drew the second shit. one after she saved Rex. Yeah. But like typically it's like right away someone draws two and then it's over before it even begins. Like this built up a little bit, which I can appreciate. Yeah, it was, um, it was a cool little fight scene. Uh, it was quick, but it was cool. Um, and at least they built up Grievous a little bit because they have not been doing an excellent job of that. So I this they was a pretty good job, yeah. For Grievous, the character, this was probably his shining moment thus far. Um, he didn't come off as a coward like he has every other time. He's either coming off as a coward um, or an idiot <laughs> or a genocidal maniac that's also an idiot. Um, so we get Ahsoka. She's hiding in that storage room behind the blast doors. Um, Goldie is in there with her. Uh, Grievous has entered that room as well. Kind of searching for her, um, playing a little hide and seek here. So Goldie just puts a spotlight on Ahsoka. <laughs> That's the best. She, mind you, she still doesn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> she still she, doesn't know. Before she puts the spot, before Goldie puts a spotlight on her, she very quietly whispers, like, hey, Goldie, let him know that I'm in here. And then immediately he just shines the spotlight on so, Yeah. He's just, <laughs> maybe just don't talk to this droid. Just. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, oh, Grievous starts attacking her. Um, we then get back to Anakin. He has now uh, gone in uh, and dropped in in front of in behind the elite guard. I don't know. He came in through like the ceiling. Uh, he dropped in behind the elite guard. He kicks their ass. There's a little fight. He does get nicked in the shoulder. And then you see this kind of like angry look on his face where he just decapitates the droid. <laughs> <laughs> Sand people flashback. <laughs> um, so he rescues R2. Um, 
R2, uh, one of the, you know, these elite guard droids, they don't die when you like cut them in half or, you know, yeah. cut their head off, as we know. So there's this elite guard droid that was cut in half by Anakin. He's crawling on the floor and trying to grab like Anakin's ankle. And R2 just electrocutes the shit <laughs> out of him. It was so great. Yeah, that was good. Um, Anakin then hops on the comm and says he's heading to the landing base, tells everybody to beat him there. Um, he notifies the Twilight, which is, you know, floating well above you know they jumped out of it so it's in it's in orbit it's going to come down and he notifies them to come down to the landing bay and get them the hell out of there um we then see uh grievous uh conversing with r3 ahsoka is currently hiding under well she's hiding up in the kind of like the ceiling of this room but at the top of like a shelving in in this really dark rafters of this dark storage room and this is when ahsoka finds out that uh r3 is the spy um Grievous then sends R3 to ensure that the Republic forces do not escape. So R3 is being sent to the uh, the landing bay or cargo bay, whatever you want to call it, uh, to make sure that they uh, they can't get out of there. Um, Ahsoka calls him stubby to herself <laughs> under her breath. So Ahsoka finally realizes what the hell's up with R3. Another thing. So when, when Ahsoka and Grievous first meet in the hallway, I, there's some exchange where she says like, oh, you must be General Grievous. And the thing that I always forget is because in the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, like the first time that Obi-Wan and Anakin are brought in in front of General Grievous, Anakin says, oh, General Grievous, you're shorter than I expected. Like they have never met face to face until Revenge of the Sith. So that means that the entirety of the Clone Wars series, they had to write around that fact. So Anakin and Grievous never meet face to face in the entirety of Clone Wars. It's always just like two ships passing in the night. Well, spoiler alert. Um, If you've seen Revenge of the Sith, you have to know. I don't put anything past this show. uh, (laughs) I'm glad that they took note of that line. Um, But I just kind of assumed that it, you know, uh, no, I I just assumed that that would not be the case. Typically, continuity is not a strong suit. No, and we've seen it. So why why should I think that, you know? Um, So anyways, um, we then get to Anakin and R2. They are in the landing bay. The twilight arrives. Anakin's like, where the hell is everybody? Um, Rex finally shows up with the other surviving clone and notifies Anakin of what happened. Uh, he says Ahsoka engaged Grievous on her own. Anakin freaks out and says he's going after her. Um, then all of a sudden the blast doors get locked. There's a lot of blast doors in this a episode. A lot of blast door work. Yeah, so the blast doors entering the cargo bay get locked and the uh, docking blast doors as well get locked. And so they are trapped in there and sure enough, it's R3. Anakin now knows that R3 is the spy droid that has been feeding information. Um, so R3's secret is out to everybody. Um, and R3 also goes ahead and activates like all the uh, fighter droids, the ship fighter droids in the cargo bay area. Um, so there's a bunch of droids that are beginning to attack them. And there's also all these fighter droids that are attacking Anakin and the few clones that are remaining. Um, so they're hopelessly outnumbered there and the battle ensues in the landing bay. Obviously with Anakin on your side, you're going to hold your own for at least a little bit. Um, so the, you know, we cut back to Ahsoka. She's still sneaking around in that supply room. Um, Grievous finds her, jumps 
out of the ceiling, just grabs her and starts choking her and disarms her and takes her lightsaber. Uh, he gets really happy because he starts remarking about how, oh, another lightsaber for my collection, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and th- so uh, we get back to the cargo bay. The fight's still going on between Anakin and his clones and like all of these insane amount of droids that they're taking on in this little cargo bay. Um, the music in the cargo bay, we're starting to get like the orchestra music back and they mix it with like, not the house music, but like rock techno. <laughs> it's like they're like, all right, we, we gotta we gotta slowly phase the orchestra music back in. Score so wise, now we get score wise again, very confusing episode. Very confusing. Um, you know, and I would have I would have been less confused if they just abandoned the house and techno music completely and just did standard Star Wars fair, but um, <laughs> that's not the case. Uh, Anakin tells Rex to detonate the explosive. Rex is like, well, we're still in here. We don't want to detonate him yet. He's like, don't worry about it. Just do it. I'll worry about the details. It's like, okay, let's blow ourselves up. Um, (laughs) So Rex detonates the explosives. Um, We cut back to Ahsoka and Grievous. And Grievous is slightly distracted by the rumble from the explosion. And Ahsoka manages to take off one of Grievous's arms by physically pushing. He's holding her lightsaber to her neck. And she physically pushes his arm down and cuts off his own other arm. Um... So, I, yeah, this is what I don't get about this. Like, as Grievous is choking, you're like, why doesn't she just, like, force push? Why doesn't she just, like, force push the lightsaber right into his fucking head? Yeah, or why doesn't he just crush her windpipe with his obviously strong robot claw? Because well, he needs to talk shit. <laughs> well, and the, the other part that goes to prove your point is as soon as he hears one rumble, he immediately runs away. <laughs> yeah, he's a coward. Um... And yeah, uh, but just thinking about it, like he is good with lightsabers, like he's competent with them at least, but he has no force abilities that we know of yet. Right. Yeah. Not I've never seen him use the force. Not that we know. Correct. Um, and so I know in the, uh, the animated clone wars, uh, what was the name of the series? You know, the, name of the Tartakovsky yes. animated clone wars. There's the scene where uh, Mace Windu like crushes his, <laughs> crushes his chest. Yeah, it, which with is the force. Yeah, and that's why he That's why he's breathing so breathing poorly. obstruction and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um but I'm just I, the more I think about it, like every time Jedi's engage him, why aren't they just like force, you know, using the force like in various ways against well, him cuz he has no defense for it. If you want if you want to get into the weeds on this, uh I don't. I so, don't want to get in the weeds. <laughs> Okay, but go ahead. It has to do with Mace Windu and his style as a Jedi. Um, Like Mace Windu was a very questionable Jedi, for lack of a better word. Like other Jedis like didn't approve of some of the methods that Mace Windu used because they thought he was like tapping into the dark side while remaining on the light side. And a lot of like the stricter Jedi's thought that that's like crossing a line. Um, and I think, I, I think there's examples where like Yoda and Mace butt heads a little bit when it comes to that in mm-hmm. some of the com- comics and some of the like expanded universe type stuff. Um, but I think that is something that like, is not an approved Jedi technique, like crushing someone's windpipe, <laughs> like squeezing their lungs to the point where they can't breathe. So I think that's why 
especially someone like Obi-Wan uh, opts for disarming and like doing things a little bit more in a classical way where you're disarming them and then imprisoning them so you can like still have so it's like a strict no no to use for lack of a better word obi-wan has the moral high ground at the end of the fight as well okay so it's more of like a uh you're not gonna get code not kill people with the force basically (laughs) yes you can use it as like a means of self-defense possibly but do not use it to ram a lightsaber through grievous's head yeah but if you're about to die i mean come on Well, and I think that is where the gray area is, is because I think Yoda says to Luke, like, the the Force is used for knowledge and defense, never for attack. So I think that leaves the word defense open to interpretation, where, like, if someone is attacking you, you're allowed to defend yourself. So technically, crushing their windpipe and squeezing their lungs to the point where they fucking die is defending yourself. But it could well, in the, also in the case of Mace Windu, an attack. So I think yeah. there is this I mean, weird, like, kind of nebulous area where certain Jedi's play in that other Jedi's think like, is crossing that line. Well, like in the case of Mace Windu, when he does that to Grievous, I'd have to rewatch. I haven't seen it in a while, but I'm pretty sure he's not in any immediate danger. He's kind of like leaving the area. Isn't he? He's about to get. He's about to leave on a, a clone transport, and remember. like Grievous is on the ground, and he just like force crushes him from like a distance. I can't remember, but it, it's like getting back to like. I'm just saying, if he has you know your lightsaber up to your neck, and he's about to cut your head off, you would think this might be a time where defense is it's but it's no longer a gray area. This is just, a pretty clear cut thing. You were just shitting on continuity, and from a continuity standpoint, that's perfect because. When he had Palpatine dead to rights, he was about to just slit his throat with his lightsaber. And Anakin's the one that stepped up and said, like, no, we can't do that. That's not the Jedi way. And Mace was like, uh, he's too dangerous. Like, Yes, but once again, that goes back to Anakin's like, oh... I'm doing these things. It's not how you obey the orders or, you know, it's, it's that same mindset. Anakin's only saying that because he needs him. And he says that in the moment to try to convince Mace when he finds out that that isn't going to play to his better nature. He he says, I need him. He's doing it for his own selfish purposes. He doesn't give a shit about the Jedi code. I agree with that. But the person that brought him up is Obi-Wan. And there's, if Obi-Wan was in Anakin's position, Obi-Wan would have said exactly the same thing. Obi-Wan wouldn't have cut Mace's hand off and like force pushed him out a window, but Obi-Wan would have stepped in and stopped Mace from doing that. And that is the person that trained Anakin from the time he was very little. So, I mean, what else is the guy going to do? It serves two purposes. I don't know. I don't know. I'm lost. I honestly don't know how we got this far and deep into it. We are having a very deep discussion about a very shitty episode. Yeah, and and, you know, Obi-Wan does have a problem killing. He, like, just think about the battle with Anakin. He, I mean, I don't know. It's like, just put the guy down, man. But he just leaves him there to burn alive because he can't bring himself to do it. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. Someone that loves Batman as much as you, I I figured, would appreciate something like that. I've I've evolved past Batman. (laughs) 
So what, you're reading Punisher comics now? <laughs> oh, God, no. Don't even get me started on that pile of shit. Um, let's get back to the episode. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to have, like, a special episode where we discuss the various, like, inconsistencies that we find and try to get answers for them. But anyways, <laughs> it's just, it's it was just something that crossed my mind. I was like, you could easily, this guy has no force abilities. You could just you know, ram that thing right into his head right now and it'd be the end of Grievous. But it just crossed my mind. We can get into that deeper as we go into series because I'm sure more situations will pre- present themselves where we have to deal with this gray area of what is defense, what isn't defense, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, um, so she disarms Grievous by pushing force, literally like physically pushing his hand that is holding her lightsaber into his other hand, cuts his hand off. As we know, Grievous is like always repairable. Like he's just basically, <laughs> yeah. he has a heart and that's like an eyes. Those are like the only things I think that are organic on him anymore. Yep. So uh, it, you know, it, it disarms him and allows her to escape. Uh, she gets into the vents. Grievous is very pissed. She does a force pull and she pulls her lightsaber. So she gets her lightsaber back. Then um, we get a really cool quick scene where she's going through the vents and Grievous just starts cutting through the vents with the lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. It's very cool. It's very quick. It's only like two seconds, but it's kind of a cool little thing. Uh, I liked it. Uh, we then get back um, to the bay where the fight is still going on. Anakin sends R2. He says, hey, go out to the exterior of the bay. Get into those controls out there. Um, see if you can open these blast doors. So uh, he sends R2 off on a mission. Um, <laughs> R2, brave as hell, just like gunfire everywhere going by him. He's just chilling, just rolling through there. <laughs> R2's cool. Um, <laughs> But then we get a quick scene of Grievous. Um, he didn't go to the bay. He just goes to his ship and escapes. So Grievous escapes. Hold on. You're missing a very, very important part in between there. What? We get another Grievous front flip. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> I got it written down here. That is, that's Grievous somersault number three. That's number three of the series. Count it. We need to come up. What what kind of audio do we want to have for a Grievous summer? So maybe I'll get him saying General Kenobi. I'll find something. I'll find something. Yeah. So that's number three of the series. It's his third somersault into his uh, fighter. Uh, so Grievous <laughs> just bails on everything. This is what he does best as we're coming to find. He just bails. He's awesome at getting the hell out of places where he's fucked shit up once again. Um, <laughs> so R2 is out. He's out on like this exterior catwalk going to these exterior controls. And all of a sudden, as he's working on it, he just gets like bumped from behind. And who is it but R3? Um, and then they literally engage in sumo wrestling. Like, <laughs> it was the, they just, it was they're the just highlight. bumping bellies into each other. Yep. Uh, R2 then electrocutes R3 and disables him. So R2 gets back to his work. Um, we get back into the bay and things aren't looking very good. They're taking heavy fire. They're not these, um, the fighter droids are really tough to take out. Obviously. I mean, these are, these are fighter droids that they use out in space battles. It's like a tie fighter come to life. Yeah. And it's just a tie fighter, like shooting at you in a small cargo bay. Um, but all of a sudden Ahsoka comes out of one of the vents, jumps on the back of one of the fighter droids and just takes it out. And it's really sweet. Like, this was a really cool Ahsoka moment. Like she saves their ass here. Oh yeah. Uh, so uh, the battle kind of t- the tide turns of the battle once Ahsoka arrives, starts taking shit out, um, and then R two finally gets those blast doors open. Uh, but as he does that, R three comes to, and we get more sumo wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> They're just literally running into each other. The one effect it's just bumper cars. It's bumper cars. The one effect that I did appreciate is because uh, they had previously detonated whatever bomb they had planted 
Um, and so this battle sphere, the separatist battle sphere that they're in, is technically falling as all this shit is going on. And so while the droid sumo fight is going on, like you can see debris falling upward instead of downward, which I thought was like actually a very cool like little effect to show like, oh, this entire time they are falling from the upper atmosphere. Yes, they are. Um, so because they did, they, you know, Rex set that off. So the, the outpost is falling out of the sky. Um, uh, and it's, anyways. Also, it's like for this episode, it's building a little bit of stakes. It's like, oh, they need to finish this up because they're hurtling towards the actual planet. Yes. Um, so, you know, Anakin, though, he told Rex, hey, don't worry about it. I'll worry about the details. And I think he's really worrying about the details so much is he's just kind of winging it all the time. He, <laughs> yeah. he didn't have, he, he's kind of winging it here. And he could not have predicted that Ahsoka, well, maybe he could. I don't know. Maybe he's clairvoyant. He's probably got some clairvoyant. <laughs> but he could not have predicted that Ahsoka was going to come in there and save their ass. Otherwise, he wouldn't have came after her. You know, he, he wouldn't have gone after her. Um, but anyways, um, so we get more sumo wrestling. The outpost is dropping out of the sky at a rapid pace. And then R2 jizzes oil all over R3, <laughs> so you know what's coming. Um, <laughs> so he shoots he shoots oil all over R3. Um, Anakin and them get in the twilight at this point. Um, Anakin immediately goes to the twilight cargo bay and hops in his fighter to go after R2. So the twilight's taking off the outpost that's falling in the sky. R2 is still fighting on the catwalk with R3. Anakin is getting in his fighter as soon as they got out of there, and he is going after R2 and his fighter. Um, uh, then we see some more sumo bumps, and R2 has kind of spun R3 around and just, like, bumps him, like, off the catwalk. So they're, you know, they're way, they're sky high here, falling out of the sky. Um, and R2 sumo bumps R3 almost off the catwalk. R3, though, catches himself by latching onto R2 with a tow cable and tries to pull him off with him. Um, but R2, as I mentioned, he did, you know, he, he shot the oil jizz all over him and R2 <laughs> lights some of the oil up, starts burning R3 alive, and he cuts the cable with his little uh, power <laughs> saw that he yeah. has. <laughs> and then and then R3 begins to fall to his death and we get the, the horror. I, I just, I feel so bad when I hear these R, R2 <laughs> units. Just... The best though. I love the effect of he's beginning to fall and then a huge piece of debris yeah, he just smokes him. So you, hear, so you hear this death cry for like half a second, and you're like, oh, poor little bastard. And then he immediately is hit by debris and just gets wrecked. Um, and then at that point, Anakin pulls up uh, to the catwalk, and R3 hops into Anakin's fighter. And I mean, not R3, R2 hops into Anakin's fighter. R3 is very dead. Um, <laughs> and and they bail out of there. Um uh, we then cut back to the twilight where Anakin and Ahsoka are now in a hollow with Obi-Wan. Um, he is not pleased that Anakin risks uh, all these lives for a droid, all the lives of his clones, all the lives of the life of his Padawan, all these lives Anakin risked um, for this single droid. Uh, and then Obi-Wan quickly signs out and just says, oh, Anakin, one day. And then he just ends the hollow. And yeah. yes, one day indeed, Obi-Wan. One well, also, day indeed. So more, more credit than it deserves. One, one way this could be interpreted is Obi-Wan has been fighting this war for a long time. And that takes an effect on a person. So they're fighting against droids. The only way that Obi-Wan can keep his sanity is maybe dehumanizing these things. And thinking to himself that there's no reason to save a droid. We're at war with these things. There's absolutely no reason. And maybe there's that kind of partition in his head that's separating 
humanity from droids and just not giving them that light of day in order for him to keep moving forward with those orders of just slaughtering uh, technical beings that understand their own sentience. Yeah. More um, credit than it deserves. Again, I'm, I'm, I do not think that's what they were going no, for. No, but that is a conversation that I know you and I both want to get into at some point. Um, we want to discuss the sentience of droids and the morality. Well, of- we both know this is me trying to defend Obi-Wan, too, because we're, we're both big Obi-Wan guys. We're big Obi-Wan defenders. So well, I'd like to and it just goes back to the, the differences, I mean, that we've seen from Anakin and Obi-Wan, obviously major differences. But the biggest difference, just off the top of my head, is the impulsiveness of Anakin versus the patience and introspection of Obi-Wan. Um, Obi-Wan thinks things through. He thinks things through logically and he follows a logical path. Anakin jumps right into things and deals with shit as it comes to him. Um, so what do you got so, for rating? Uh, well, uh, just a quick line here. Ahsoka says, hey, maybe Obi-Wan oh, is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ahsoka's kind of uncomfortable with Anakin's decisions at times. Um, and he says, no, I knew you would complete the mission. Besides, R2 is more than a droid. He is a friend. And R2 beeps, and that's the end of the episode. Roll credits. Roll credits. So we are done with Duel the Droids. <laughs> okay, uh, ratings. Uh, I'm going to go ahead, and it is better, obviously better, than the last episode we watched. But uh, I didn't love it. I still had... It is it is bad adjacent to that episode, because they, go, they are part of a two-story arc, uh, a two-episode arc here. So it still had the stink of the last episode just permeating all over it. And it had the music issues again. Very strange. (laughs) Um, We did get droid sumo wrestling, which was cool. Uh, I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to give this episode a four. It's my second lowest rated episode. If it was a, you know, if they had taken the few redeemable parts of the previous episode, taken out some crap from this. And put it together, you know, you might have had yourself a 5.5 type episode. An average run of the mill. Not the worst thing that we've seen yet. Not the best by any means. Um, But sorry, it is what it is. And I'm giving it a four. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, I give it a six. Got it. (laughs) Part of that is because I knew it would piss you off. But the other part is... No, there are parts of it that grew on me. And like, I was fully prepared to give this thing a three, just like last week, coming off of that one. But I thought there was enough in it that redeemed itself from the horrors of last week's episode that I gave, maybe I gave it a little bit too much credit. But I thought I liked the shit that was going on with Grievous. I liked the battle sphere ship of the Separatists. I thought... The skydiving scene was cool. I thought there was enough to pull it up to a six. Okay. Well, I would I would describe last week's episode as the bottom of a Sarlacc pit. <laughs> <laughs> and this episode is blind Han Solo struggling for life at the tip of the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> and, and being saved by a few a few moments there. Um, okay. So you gave it a six. So um, moment. Fine. What's yeah, going on? Oh, I that's right. Okay, light Only side the moment. Second time we've done this, so I'll, I'll I know. Catch up. We'll get it. We'll get there eventually. Um, my light side moment of the week um, is Ganok's death. <laughs> <I> just, 
No, actually, not Gondox. I'm drawing a blank right now. Give me your light side moment first. I had a good one that I want. Oh, wait. No, I know what it is. It was, uh, I wanted to talk more about Ahsoka and her development as a character. Um, that was my light side moment of the week because for the first time, I was like, wow, she's really brave. Um, she is super headstrong. She has no fear whatsoever. She does not know fear at all. Like, she takes Grievous on head on, just goes right into it. As a no Padawan. Fear. As a Padawan. And, you know, as we all know, fear is a bad thing. It leads to anger. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Anger leads to the dark side. I, I messed it up. Yep. Whatever. I messed it up. But as we know, fear is a trait that is not wanted in Jedi. So she has no fear. So um, she's starting to grow as a character. Uh, she still had some lines that were kind of like, come on. But um, this was the first week where it's like, okay, I can see why Adam is big on her as a character. Like she did some cool shit in this episode. So she's my light side. Nice. Okay. What's your light side moment? So mine was a tie and mine's uh, I, I'm very happy that you picked that one. Um, mine is definitely not as deep as yours. Um, so mine was a toss up. I wrote down it was either the uh, droid cockfight that took place on the catwalk um, or it was the it. I think this is this is officially going to be my light side moment. Um, the moment that the battle droid picked up the droid popper and shook it next to his ear. <laughs> that, that, that added a very much needed bit of levity to this episode. Um, I hated that moment, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> that very much could be your dark side moment too. It's not my dark side moment actually, but um, we'll get to the dark side moment. Uh, my dark side moment of the week is just... The fact that they brought R3 on the mission with him. I understand they tried to justify it, but we are at a point here. He's almost gotten everybody killed like five times in the previous episode. He's clearly malfunctioning on every level. Like even going into like when they get the R2 signal, he fucks that up. Um, obviously, we know it was a sinister thing, but... I, I just don't know how you, and when you know you can hotwire doors with the clones, like, why are you bringing this guy? He's going to fuck shit up. Like, how short-sighted and stupid are you? Like, oh, we'll give him a chance. He's, he'll be fine. No, he's not fine. This droid needs to be looked at. So that was my dark side moment. It's just, I get it. Like, it's a show. They needed to go with it. Whatever. But it's just from a practical perspective and looking at the Jedis and the clone troopers from a practical perspective, from a real world perspective, it's stupid. It's okay. fucking stupid. And any honest writing, honest, and you know, this is sci-fi, this is fantasy, so we got to suspend some of that, but any honest writing would be like, no, we're leaving this fucker back, you know? I'm not taking this <laughs> yeah. little guy with. We'll figure it out. We can deal without the R R3 unit here opening doors for us. We'll figure it out. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, I I can see your point. I'm, I'm I'm on your side with that one. When it comes to my dark side moment, um, I am looking at it from the perspective of uh, anyone that has had anxiety when it comes to asking for a raise. Uh, my dark side moment <laughs> is when our good friend Fat Bosk gets done dirty and gets stabbed through the chest the second he asks for any additional money. For hand, he goes down hard. Gold mine. <laughs> yeah. Literally, literally handing him information that could like end the war. Like <laughs> completely <laughs> turn the tide of it. Give me an extra hundred bucks. 
No deal. <laughs> yeah, give me some more of those ruples that you guys carry around. Right? Those, those Republic trinkets are, whatever the fuck they are. Just, that's all I want. That's all he wanted. Poor bastard. Oh, man. Yeah, that's rough, man. That is rough. Yeah, that's a def- That's a good dark side moment. I agree with you there. Uh, we're going to get to our dark horse moment now. Who's your dark horse of the week? Dark horse hero. I think uh, I think we have no one else. It's got to be our two. I love our little yeah. buddy. I love our little buddy, and he did a lot of cool shit. We got to see a lot of his cool attachments that are nowhere to be found in the original trilogy, but that's a conversation for another time. Uh, but yeah, R2. I love, I love R2. He reassembled himself. That was cool. Um, I could go with R2. He was definitely on my list for candidates. Um, but I don't want to double it up here, so I'm not going to go with R2. I'm going to go with Obi-Wan Kenobi this week because I'm an Obi-Wan stan. <laughs> and I just kind of like how he's clearly frustrated with Anakin because I am frustrated with Anakin at this point. As you know, I've texted you like three times in the last few days just like, I fucking hate Anakin. Um, and so I'm just kind of annoyed with Anakin right now too. So uh, I was uh, sympathetic to Obi-Wan in this episode, and I love Obi-Wan as a character, and... Yeah, that's where I stand. I think Obi-Wan, you know, his whole droid talk and not really looking at R2 is, uh, you know, eh, uh, that's not great. <laughs> but but I just, but I can understand his frustration with Anakin. Uh, I would be frustrated with him too, and I, I am. I'm frustrated with Anakin. So that is my Dark Horse of the Week, Obi-Wan Kenobi. All right. And for the show's opening fortune cookie, this week it was... To hold on to your friends, or you hold on to friends by keeping your heart a little softer than your head. Uh, and I believe that I predicted that Anakin would use his heart and not his head, and not giving up hope on R2, and I think I was spot on. Yeah, you were very, very much at the mark. Yep, I nailed it. What do we got next week? So next week, oh, next week, it's going to be a treat from the title, from the title of the uh, episode. So next week, uh, it is Bomb Bad Jedi. Oh, good lord. <laughs> so, and this guy's original air date was November 21st, 2008. It is season one, episode eight. And are you ready for the opening fortune cookie moral? Yeah, hit me with it. Heroes are made by the times. So what do you got for a prediction on that guy? It's called Bomb Bad Jedi. Bomb Bad Jedi. I, I don't know. I guess we'll have an unlikely hero that is thrust into action. I think, yeah, you know, you wouldn't expect them, but they get thrust into action, I'd say, because of circumstance. <laughs> Dude, do I, is this what I think it is? <laughs> I don't know. We're going to have to wait to find out. I think it's what I think it is. <laughs> Dude. Dude, this is not good, man. We are hitting some real rough patch here. With a name like Bombad, it's got to be good. Uh, I'm going to need this really quick. Hold on. Now it's so, and I did. So, I listed out all of the episodes that we're going to watch in a, in a <laughs> Google Doc. And it's seriously called Bombad Jedi. Yep, that's next week's. Um, God, fuck. But I did. So. At our current pace, releasing two episodes a week, 
I've roughly figured out like when <laughs> we're going to be publishing certain episodes okay. and we are really going to hit a high mark towards the end of April, 2021. Like that's going to be stay tuned for that. That is going to be some good shit there. Do you think we'll be vaccinated by then? <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, that'd be nice. I, I'm going to need to go outside after this one. I need to go to like a restaurant and eat my eat my depression away after watching these two <laughs> fucking episodes. Uh, um. Okay, so April 2021, we're going to hit our stride. Uh, I can, I can, I can hang in there. I'm. I got to warn you, listener. Just based on the episode name for next week, it's going to be a struggle for me. I have a feeling it's going to be a big struggle. That makes maybe a, a bigger conversation, though. Maybe a bigger struggle than our last week's episode. Um, so let's take a few days here before we record for that one, okay? I'm serious. I I, I want to breathe for a minute. Take, we'll take a little break. Okay, we take a break. Uh, we'll get we'll record early next week. Um, but good lord, maybe I'll just power through and watch it this weekend. Take some notes. We'll see. We'll see how I'm feeling. Um, it's a long weekend we got new year's coming up we got a long weekend so maybe i'll be rejuvenated we got some time yeah um so i guess that's all we got for um duel of the droids uh yeah so we'll see you in a couple of days for bombad general or bombad jedi oh god (laughs) and until then (laughs) that's how much i'm looking forward to it until then, may the Annie Linux be with you. I'm playing the music I want, baby. We'll see you later. <laughs> now it's Well, I don't know what happened there, but all right. (laughs)